Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. morning it's pastor julie and we are starting a new series this morning called three simple rules and our first scripture comes from the book of romans chapter 13 verses 8 through 10 oh no one anything except to love one another for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law the commandments you shall not commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not covet and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> in 1739, eight to ten people approached John Wesley for guidance and advice on how to flee from the wrath to come, or in modern terms, to be assured of their salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Their question seemed to ask, how do we live our lives as true followers of Jesus Christ? What are the marks of a Christian? John Wesley saw their conviction to live holy lives and set about meeting regularly with them every Thursday night. And during these meetings, he would teach them about living faithfully and they would pray for one another. As this group grew in numbers, he began what were called class meetings. A leader would be assigned to a class of no more than 12 people who would meet weekly to encourage, admonish, and pray for one another. The leader would be responsible for inquiring about the condition of the souls in their care, to advise, reprove, comfort, or exhort those same souls, and to collect weekly offerings for the care of the minister and the poor. To become a member of the class, the only requirement was a deep desire to flee from the wrath to come and to be saved from their sins. This desire, when truly rooted in their souls, would be seen by its fruits, or in other words, there would be evidence of this desire seen in how they live their lives. Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 5.17, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. John Wesley understood, and so do we, that someone who truly desire, desires to follow Christ will have to make changes in how they respond and react to the world around us. He developed what he called general rules, which can be found in our book of discipline, outlining the behaviors he would expect a person reborn in Christ to demonstrate in their daily lives. Years later, these general rules are known as Wesley's Three Simple Rules for Christian Living. And we are going to take a deeper dive into them over these next three weeks. And for those participating in the Bible study beginning this week, we'll take a little bit longer. In John Wesley's time, he saw a world full of division, exploitation, poverty, selfishness, a diminishing sense of care and concern for community and those in need. And he was not alone. Many of the people of that day knew that in order to make the world a better place, a deep transformation would be needed. They wanted to know how to help facilitate that transformation. What can we do in a world that seems hopelessly bent on self-destruction? And isn't that a question we all have still today? 
Look around. All my life, I've watched as violence between nations, national leaders, people on opposing sides of whatever issue, neighbors, and even family members seem to be spiraling out of control. Anger, hate, exploitation of others for personal gain, totally immoral behavior, and incredible self-centeredness are the marks of much of the world's population. And even I wonder what it will take to stop or even slow the terrible descent into darkness and help us all flee from the wrath to come, other than the glorious return of Christ to set the world straight again. But the truth is that Jesus gave us the tools we need to change the world, to overcome and even transform what it what we have become. We hold that power in our hands. We simply have to make the conscious choice to utilize what we have been given by our Lord and Savior. When asked what is the greatest commandment, Jesus replies, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is the foundation and instruction for the faithful and to gain the good life in every age. It is simple and profound, easy to comprehend, yet at the same time challenging to attempt. If we are to give serious consideration to living another way, one that is faithful to our commitment to follow Jesus, and one that will truly transform the world, we need a clear blueprint, one that everyone of all ages, cultures, backgrounds, identities, and abilities can follow. These three simple rules are that clear blueprint. By committing to living out these three simple rules in our lives, we can and will change the world. But that change begins inside each one of us as we allow the Holy Spirit to make us new through our practice of these rules. So let's begin with the first rule, do no harm. Now, it may seem odd that the first rule is not something we should do, but something we should not do. But if you look at the history of God's chosen people in the Bible, as God began to shape them into the people they were created to be, he also began with what not to do. God knew that the world they lived in had taught them many harmful behaviors that needed to be cut out of their lives before they could be replaced with healthy ones. Let's take a look at the first rules God gives to those Israelites. We know them as the Ten Commandments. With one exception, it is a list of things not to do. Don't kill, don't steal, don't make idols, don't lie, don't work on the Sabbath. Why do you think that is? Because as basically sinful human beings, identifying what behaviors are wrong first helps us to begin to make changes in how we see ourselves and in how we see our relationship to others. Violating any of those commandments harms our relationship with God and harms our relationships with those around us. But more importantly, each time we harm those relationships, we are harming ourselves. We were created to be in a relationship with God and in a community with others because those relationships support and encourage us, help us grow, help us overcome the challenges of life and lead us to an abundant, joyful life. When we harm those relationships, we lose that support and can often lose our way, our identity, 
our purpose. We may even lose our salvation in the process, leading to a darker world and an even darker future. So what does it mean to do no harm? Wesley defined it as avoiding evil of every kind, followed by a list which included basic examples of his day, such as taking the name of the Lord in vain, working, buying, or selling on the Lord's day, drunkenness, fighting, or quarreling, or brawling, not paying proper taxes, charging unlawful interest, uncharitable conversation, what we call gossip today, doing to others what we would not have them do to us, and many more. What might we add to that list today? Having an affair, stalking, physical assault, scamming someone, lying on your resume, spreading rumors about an opponent, bullying comments on social media, misrepresenting a situation to turn it in your favor, taking bribes, cheating on building codes. What would you add? If we could just get people, including ourselves, to stop this kind of obvious harmful behavior, what a wonderful world this would be, right? God knew and Wesley agreed that the first effort of all people who truly want to change the world by living holy lives following Jesus Christ is to eliminate those behaviors which harm ourselves and others. So take a deep look at your own life. What harmful behaviors do you see that right now you could make a resolution to stop doing? What can you ask Jesus to help you cut away or prune out of your life so that relationships can be restored or strengthened or at the very least not harmed? But the truth is we don't often realize the harm that we do. I believe that most people, whether Christian or not, are basically good people and don't go out with the purpose of doing harm. Yes, there are exceptions to that. But overall, most of the harm we do is either in the heat of the moment or unintentional. We either don't know the harm we've done or don't even think about it. Just becoming aware of the potential for doing harm and making the goal of avoiding it can change everything. Each one of us knows someone or some group that is engaged in conflict. Maybe we're part of it ourselves. Turn on the news. It's hard to miss how our politicians, world leaders, corporations and employees, diverse cultures, and yes, even our beloved United Methodist Church are just not getting along. There's backbiting, backstabbing, name-calling, undercutting, and there have even been incidents of physical violence, all because we don't agree with one another. There's this idea that if we knock someone else down, reveal their deepest secrets and shame them, make them look inferior or somehow like they don't measure up or aren't good enough, then we will win. Win at any cost, using all the weapons we have available. That's what's important, right? The rule, do no harm, says otherwise. Jesus tells us to love one another, including our enemies. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. 
It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. In other words, love builds people up, relationships up, doesn't tear them down. Love intentionally considers its actions and begins with the goal of doing no harm. Love does not take revenge or try to come out on top. Love does not find ways to prove that it is right and someone else is wrong. Love simply believes and searches for the truth, whatever that may be in any situation, without harming those involved. What Wesley called speaking the truth in love. When we live our lives with the rule of doing no harm, when we start there, everything changes. We no longer have a need to be right. We know from the start there are behaviors we will not engage in, like gossip, like belittling those who don't agree with us, like manipulating the facts in our favor, diminishing other people. Why? Because we will honor those we encounter as children of God who have been given the same grace through Jesus Christ that we have received. Maybe those who disagree with us haven't yet received that grace through faith, but we know that Christ died for them in the same way he died for us. And then we can understand that our encounter with them may lead them to come to Christ if we can just agree to do no harm. When we see children of God, everyone as children of God, first and foremost, we will start from the understanding that we all have something in common. We will develop the knowledge that we have nothing to fear from others as we place our trust in God and God's care of us. As we see others in a new light and without fear, we can open our hearts and minds to see and hear each other more clearly, which can lead us to a deeper truth. As we live our lives under this rule of doing no harm, we are standing on a radical trust of God's power and presence in our lives and submitting to his will and not our own. We trust that God will not only care for us, but will lead us and guide us as we obey his call to do no harm to love one another in such a radical way that we can let go of our way being the only right way. In this world, we see the consequences of the harm we commit every day, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Every action, every word has the potential to harm either other people, our world, or ourselves. We eat things we love that are harmful to our bodies, we use resources like silicon that are strip-mined and tear up the planet. We stand silently by as people make racist comments or continue prejudice practices. We chase wealth and material goods while turning a blind eye to the needs of our community. We stop going to church or taking the time to develop our relationship with God. See, if we can just stop and think about our own actions and make a resolution to do no harm, no matter how imperfectly we achieve that goal, we will be transformed. And as we are transformed, the world will be transformed along with us. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. 
That love of doing no harm can look like wearing a mask to protect someone else, not talking about someone behind their backs, not retaliating for someone else's bad behavior, finding a way to correct someone's behavior in a loving way, saying something positive instead of something hurtful, not throwing trash on the ground, and so much more. It takes paying attention to the potential consequences of our words and actions. We all know that the words we say can cause more harm than some of our actions. But if we just start with the intention to do no harm, the practice of this rule will change us and through us, it will change the world. So let us love one another by first and foremost, committing to do no harm as we love God our neighbors, and ourselves in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.